Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Wednesday, everybody, and welcome in to the Gramlich and McLean podcast. It is episode 258. So, yeah, there's some other episodes you might want to go listen to. <laughs> but mainly, this is our ACC Under Review episode 7, and we are talking about the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Mac, coming off just an atrocious year of eight wins and a bowl win. I mean, geez, <laughs> Wake Forest, what is wrong with you? I am absolutely kidding. That is an incredible year for really any Power 5 program, but Wake Forest, which has become a program that is just expected to do this. It was it was really fun to talk with their play-by-play guy, Stan Cotton, today. It really was. And I think that is really what's been pretty unique and pretty cool about, you know, what we do is, as a conference network for our other jobs is, uh, you know, just, just being able to be as intimate as possible with, you know, a conference and, and maybe a little bit more attention to detail to those schools where you get to see this growth. And the fact that, you know, a couple of years ago, Wake Forest is over the moon, freaking out about yeah. eight wins. Now it's like, man, we were right here. And and Stan talks about this. You know how cool it is to see that transition. That there's some, there's some more expectation. There's some higher standards that are being held here at Wake Forest because of the great things that they've been able to do. Which is, I think that it can't be undervalued enough. Exactly. And we get into all that with Stan. I do want to say Stan is a legend. All right, he's been 27 years as the voice of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. He just won his sixth NSMA Sportscaster of the Year Award for the State of North Carolina. Crazy. We get his official comment on that. But, I mean, basically, <laughs> Mac, these are Michael Jordan numbers, like six chips if you're Stan. That is a huge deal. And you know who is also kind of a Michael Jordan of their field? That's Rock'em Socks. <laughs> Rock'emSocks.com, the world's largest sock store, shop from over 10,000-plus exclusive, unique designs. And we, when we say unique, we mean unique. We got right here some college football playoff socks, but they've got Wake Forest socks galore and Kramlick and Mackline socks, which we'll probably do some giveaways for those later. But I, I really do love the designs because they feel unique to that school. So if you are a Deke fan or any other ACC fan listening to this podcast, you have to go check out rock'emSocks.com. They've got them, KG. They got all the cool socks, and we're going to be giving some away just like we always do for each and every ACC school. Because of this episode, Stan has inspired us to keep going, and we're going to do it with the Wake Forest Stephen Deacon socks. As KG mentioned, anything that you can think of, and we say this a lot, when I say anything you can think of, if you like Taco Tuesday, they've got socks with tacos. If you like pizza, if you like wings, if you like, I'm trying to Ted think of something Lasso. super random, Ted Lasso, they've got, if you like the Yellowstone National Park. They have Yellowstone National Park mm. socks. That That's how cool? crazy and unique these guys are. So go check it out, rock'emSocks.com. And if you don't win our contest, or if you just like socks this much, you did win, go to rock'emSocks.com. Use our code GML20. We're going to save you 20% off on your first order. Get as many socks as you can. Load up. We'll take care of you. Go find your lucky game day socks, too. That's important to us. Let's go. Yes. That's right. We want everyone to find their lucky game day socks to get ready for the Mitch Griffiths era at Wake Forest. But to recap last season, to look ahead, we are going to talk now with the Michael Jordan of sports broadcasting in state of North Carolina, Stan Cotton. Stan, welcome into the show. I do have to say this. It is an honor to have the Six-time NSMA North Carolina Sportscaster of the Year. That is a very big deal. 
How did number six feel? I mean, you're in Michael Jordan territory now with six of them. <laughs> well, Kelly, uh, uh, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate that. I, I, uh, you guys certainly know it, uh, and, and I know it. If you do this long enough, I mean, this is a team deal, and it takes so many people, so many talented people to do what we do, to do what you do. And, and I hope the folks that work with me will, will, will see this as a as a team award. I certainly do. I mean, I, you know, if I'm out there by myself, I'm lost. So, uh, but I appreciate you bringing that up. And it, you know, when, when you're singled out by your peers, that, that means a lot. Um, but, but again, I, it's not lost on me who my broadcast partners are, uh, the technicians we work with, all those people behind the scenes. And I hope they'll share, uh, with me, uh, in this year's award. I, I certainly, uh, hope they will. They should, they should, because this is as much, uh, for them, it is for me. Well, congrats again. I mean, six of them is, that means you've been doing something right for, for a long time. No, thank you. I but appreciate that. Let's, let's get into Wake here, okay? Because I, I think this, so inter- this season for Wake is so interesting. Eight wins, another bowl win, and some people are almost a little disappointed. And, and that shows where Wake Forest is now. But just give us your recap, Stan, kind of 10,000-foot view on this Wake Forest season. Yeah, I mean, it's you've reached a different level uh, when when eight wins are a disappointment. Um, right. And Coach Clawson has talked a lot uh, about that. But when you you know you look from thirty thousand feet at this football program, you know seven straight bowl games, which you know is second to only your guys, Clemson Tigers, right? I mean, I think people would most people if they were asked that wouldn't wouldn't know that, and and I, I think that that's an impressive number. When you've been to seven consecutive uh, bowl games, an ACC title game uh, thrown in there uh, a- as well, and and I think if you ask the coaches, ask the players, ask the fan base for sure, yeah, th- this season was a little disappointing in that you look only only one team we know uh, at the end of the year uh, wins as much as it wants, and there were a couple of games uh, in there that the Deeks probably could have won, but you know. Uh, in most games at this level, certainly uh, in Wake Forest's experience the last several years, these games go down to the fourth quarter all the time, and you sometimes forget, I think, the ones you win by a few points uh, and maybe take those for granted. Uh, and there are a handful every year, not maybe not a handful, but a few that, you know, you look back and you say, wow, if we had just done this or done that, we could have won 9, 10, 11 games like Wake did last year, winning 11. Um but it it was uh, another very very good year in, in so many ways, um, but but a couple shy of having a really really uh, outstanding year. So uh, one that I think certainly uh, you you can continue to build on, and hopefully Coach Clawson and his staff uh, and and the players returning will be able to do that uh, and continue the uh, I would say upward trajectory of this program under Dave Clawson. I mean, this will be his tenth year. He's been around a decade now, which is kind of uh, you know, it, it seems like he was, he's been here three, four years, um, yeah. <laughs> but certainly 10 and what he's done. We, we are glad he is our football coach and uh, hopefully he'll, he'll be that for the, uh, for the distant future. Yeah. A, a lot to, to unpack right there, Stan, and, and some things, you know, we're going to talk about coach Clawson, you know, towards the end here. And certainly I, I have kind of a handful of questions with all that. Cause I, I do think the, the, situation around that is very interesting. I think the commitment from the administration, the, the boards, all these administrative people uh, that have really bought into this program, the the facilities that you have, but also that are coming, 
Um, I mean, it is a totally different place uh, than when Sam Hartman stepped on campus. And I want to kind of start with him when we dive into this thing. I think the best Wake Forest player ever. Um, I think one of the best ACC quarterbacks ever, if not up to the top. When you look at collegiate guy, I know there's so many different things. When we rate all-time things, there's all these different factors. And, well, what did he do in the NFL? And what? No, I'm talking about right here, right now, what he did for this conference, what he did for this team. And, man, just to see how he got better and, and what he got better at you know, each and every year. And to go out with this massive cherry on top to be the all-time leading touchdown thrower in the ACC. We'd just love to hear some stories about Sam and, and just maybe the development from your eyes, again, being in that booth for all those games that he played in. Yeah, th- this is a guy, and you know, when you talk about who's the best at this or that, you know, that's always a, a, a subjective uh, thing, right? But but there are things you just can't argue with. Uh, you mentioned touchdowns and all those types of things. There are numbers and records that are his now that you, you cannot argue with. And so you, you have to put uh, Sam at the top of not only Wake Forest quarterbacks, but but other quarterbacks in this league. Um, you have to have him in the discussion when you're talking about the best quarterback. Um, some will think he is, some will think he's not. That's fine, but he has to be uh, in that uh, discussion. I, I, I'm trying to think, this is, this is my 27th year uh, at Wake Forest. I've seen a lot of really good players. Riley Skinner, I'm thinking of quarterbacks now, uh, and certainly Riley Skinner, when you think of a, a player that's right up there at the top, I mean, he, he's, he's the quarterback that took Wake to an ACC title uh, back in 2006 and did so as a redshirt freshman. He, was, he had that cast upon him uh, in the first couple of weeks of the season, had to come on when he wasn't thinking about playing or didn't really wasn't in the in, in the plans and comes on and leads Wake to that magical year back in uh, 2006 and had a great career. Uh, as we know, those two uh, quarterbacks, Sam Hartman and Riley Skinner, you know, in my eyes are right there uh, neck and neck. But a lot of the numbers uh, tilt that toward toward Sam. But, I, you know, I just think of players who – who gave whatever they had to Wake Forest? It's Sam Hartman. He gave every. He he, he broke a bone. Uh, he had surgery, as we all know, this past fall for the blood clot. Um, and I, I just think that there isn't a player that gave as much as as he did to this program to to keep it on solid footing to uh, to take it to a next level. Um, you know, he, he had a starting job. He lost his starting job. He won it back, and he stayed, right? He stayed till the very end. And a lot of folks are, well, why is he why is he going somewhere else for, for one more year? I'm not sure he had anything else to give uh, to Wake. And he pretty much said as much. And I think most of the fan base at Wake um, will say, you know what, good for you. Uh, and, and they will say and agree that I, I'm not sure what else he could have uh, have given. So, uh, there's not a lot of detail in, in my answer, but I, I, w- when I look at Sam, I just I'm not sure that uh, again there there's there's anything left in his tank to give weight. And so, you know, if you empty it out uh, for a team like like he did, uh, you you have to just talk about him as one of the all time greats, without question, a Wake Forest Hall of Famer, and uh, he deserves all the accolades uh, uh, and, and praise that he's that he's gotten. Yeah, and just a great person, and and to see the things and and the changes and the growth on the field, off the field, mentally, just just a guy that you know early on, if one thing went bad, the, the game's over. Like hey, he's going to explode and and not be able to perform 
into a final form of where bad stuff's going to happen. I have to move on. I have to keep leading this team. And and that was really cool to see that growth for him as a player. I mentioned the off the field stuff and, you know, I, I kind of, I'm with you with, with what you mentioned about him deciding to, to move on. I, I think he made it very clear. I remember back in July, like we're at ACC media day and, you know, folks were asking him, he said, no, th- this is my last year. You know, I've given everything I can and I will continue to do that, you know, this season. And then, we start hearing some rumblings from Coach, you know, Clawson that, you know, if, if Sam decides to go somewhere else and use this and that, I didn't even know that was a question mark. Uh, and, and now it is. So me as a college football fan, I'm excited that we as a collective fan base get Sam Hartman for one more year in the college ranks. Now, I am sad that it's not within the ACC. It's not our conference. But as you said, all the things that he did, I mean, KG, just so many kudos. So cool to watch him and to be able to cover him for five, six years. Yeah, well, and he's he's a guy that uh, was such a good teammate, uh, you know. And and you guys know you you've competed at the highest level of college sports, and you know um, good teammates when you see them, and how important they are, regardless of of how they contribute uh, on on the field or or on the court, whatever it is. Uh, but but he was one of the best in the locker room in supporting his teammates, and uh, you know taking taking the blame, you know having a broad set of shoulders when, when things weren't going all that well. And so he was, he was a great leader in that regard. Uh, and, and again, just, we, we've been talking about a guy that, that checks off all the boxes uh, of, of what you want uh, on your team in terms of, of production and also, you know, uh, you know, pointing at himself when he needs to and giving credit to his teammates when he needs to. And it, uh, so just a, an overall team guy. And I'm happy to hear what you said, Stan, that the fan base you feel is is mostly supportive of him going to Notre Dame and exercising that fifth year. I think that COVID year that a lot of players have that no student athlete has truly had before, it's it's hard to turn down the opportunity to see something else, to kind of take that leap of faith, to play quarterback at Notre Dame. I, I completely understand it. And I want to talk about the wide receiver play at Wake Forest, because that's a big part of why Sam Hartman was able to throw a bajillion touchdowns. Five wide receivers last year with over 500 yards. A.T. Perry, of course, was just that dude, and he's on to the NFL. But just in general, I know you've seen some really good wide receiver groups at Wake. Where did this one stack up? It's got to be at the top. I just, uh, from from top to bottom, uh, the the different kind of ability that was there. You you had – Tall, lanky guys like A.T. Perry. You had, uh, uh, you know, shorter slots uh, and, and everything in between. I, the 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 receiver room at Wake Forest uh, is as stacked and full uh, as it has been in, in my almost three decades. I, I just I can't come up with another one that that would would, would really rival it. And I, um, uh, I. And, and they've got guys that, that we don't even know about right now that we're not talking right. about younger <laughs> players with similar body types um, that, that we're going to see in, in years to come. And, you know, if you're a receiver out there, if you're a high school kid or if you're in the portal and you're wanting a place to, you know, finish your career as a wide receiver, I can't imagine that you wouldn't consider uh, Wake Forest because of how it has developed uh, receivers. Coach Kevin Higgins I don't think gets nearly enough uh, credit. Number one, he's just an incredible uh, human being. But number two, you know, he's coached at every level and and he's got a lot to give. And and when you look at what he's been able to do and how he's been able 
to develop players like A.T. Perry. You know, A.T. Perry didn't come on and 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 play right away. And and, and that's what Sam was telling. The Sam said it took some time with yeah. A.T. It yeah, took some well, time. You know, he wasn't a star overnight, and so you have to. Okay, how did he get from point A to point B? You have to look at Coach Higgins. You have to look at Coach Clawson. You have to look at you know Warren Ruggiero, the offensive coordinator, and and a lot of different things. You develop him as an athlete, yes, but you put him in a system that will uh, you know take advantage of of his skills. And so um, I think Wake has done that as well as anybody in the receiver room in this league. And I can't imagine that changing in the near future. Well, you mentioned the near future. Um, A.T. Perry is a guy who's moving on. I know Wake is returning a lot of other pieces. You don't just replace him with one guy, but what, what do you see that looking like next year? Uh, you know, you, you can't replace a guy like that overnight, but, you know, a guy like Jamal Banks can can mm-hmm. can help you get there. I mean, he's he, to me, reminds me of a younger A.T. Perry. And, and when you just look at what he does in practice and, and, and how he works, um, uh, you know, Keyshawn Williams, a slot guy's coming back. Taylor Moore's coming back. I, I just, you know, um, you, you don't replace a guy like A.T. with one guy. But if you have uh, as full a room as we've been talking about, you know, you can you can pick up the pieces and, and maybe make make your look a little bit different than it was a year ago. We'll see. But, you know, Banks just keeps getting better and better and better. So I, I you know, he's one of those guys that that's going to really step up. I would hope in, in in the in the year to come. And and again, there'll be others that we don't know about too. They, they just there's so many there to choose from, and it'll be fun to watch spring number one and then fall camp number two to see who steps up and who's at the top of that list. I, I tell you, man, I I was so blown away with just what we saw in fall camp, and then just throughout the season. I mean, I truly believe it was Ohio State, Wake Forest, and those would alternate who was the best room in the country, not just a conference, not just you know a particular side of the country, the entire thing, because they were so talented, so deep, so many different skill sets, as, as you alluded to. Um, and I think it's going to be more of the same this coming season. And I, I think Mitch Griffiths is a guy who is more than capable of spreading that ball around. We got to see a very small sample size you know, of him as a starter, and I understand the opponent, but it was business as usual. The first play was a fade. It was a go route. And I'm just like, okay, here we go. Wake Forest is ready. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's just so impressive. All those people you just mentioned that have, you know, a piece of their hand in that development. But, you know, most most certainly Coach Higgins and the things that he can do. Let's move on to the offensive line because I think this is a group that has had some really solid pieces, has had NFL guys, maybe more than, you know, a lot of other people within this league. But, I just felt like this year there was some inconsistency. There was some injury. What did you see from that offensive line that maybe was a little bit different than what we're used to seeing for Wake Forest? Yeah, maybe a little bit, you know, uh, as a as a group. You know, the Deeks lost a couple of bell cows, and and, and that's tough mm-hmm. to do. And, um, you know, that it, – it's interesting. You, you know, you, you can talk and mention specific names of that offensive line, but, you know, that that that's one place on the football field, at least in my view, where – it it really is a, a group, and, and that's that's a, a group of guys that working together. Um, that's when things really really go well. And if you have an injury here, a sickness there, whatever, and you miss a piece or two for a couple of weeks or whatever, uh, then then that starts to affect consistently a consistency rather uh, another thing. So you know, moving forward, it'll be interesting to see you know because Wake loses a lot there. 
Um, but they've recruited well there too. And so kind of like the receiver room, you know, I didn't mention Donovan Green a minute ago. Um, right. <laughs> you know, well, I didn't know if that was on purpose. I didn't know if you like left and I didn't know. Well, I, yeah, I didn't you, know if you that was remember on purpose. Now, I'm, I'm in the middle of basketball mode here. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. That's but, true. But, yeah, you know, you know <laughs> Donovan Green and, and, and others, you know, I, I just think that, that Coach Clawson and his guys have recruited so well over the last three or four years, that there are so many names that that we could bring up with, with regard to talking to defensive line, offensive line. And, it, you know, it, it's going to be easy to miss or, or forget a name here, a name there, because they have so many more, I think, guys, quality players than they had several seasons ago. And they've just, in a lot of different ways, continued to to trend upward in, in recruiting and a lot, a lot of different things. But um, we'll we'll see with the offensive line, but I, but I think that that's one of the toughest groups for any team to get right and, and to keep mm-hmm. consistent. Um, but what Wake does, you know, they move those guys around a lot. You know, they'll play center, guard, tackle, and and that uh, when you get deep into the year and somebody gets nicked, you can move maybe a tackle to a guard and and you know and and move those guys around. So um, you know we'll we'll see again moving forward. Uh, what they do there, but that that's one of the areas on this team that that all of us will be looking at to see what they come up with, what combinations work best in the spring, maybe and in the fall, and see who they trot out there uh, uh, in August next year against Elon or this gosh yeah no, twenty three right this, that's, this coming that's fall right. Elon. <laughs> that's right, um, and, and that cross training. I mean, it's so important, especially again when you're doing. The things that Wake Forest ask, you get farther in the season, some injuries, as you as you alluded to, and guys got to be ready. And, and the more training that you have at different positions, the more comfortable you feel there. I mentioned Miss, Mitch Griffiths. We're not going to just glaze over that. You, you've, you've been around this program, as you said, 27 years. I'm sure you've had interactions with Mitch. We, as media, got a very small sample size, but what can we look forward to for, for him being the, the new guy, for him being quarterback one, uh, who is he as a person, um, and just what can fans come to expect of his performance for next season? Yeah, he, he's a guy that that I think in a lot of ways is a lot like Sam Hartman in that he's going to be a good guy in the locker room. He You know, he was a coach's son, and so he he gets it. He, he knows what it means to be a quarterback, uh, and I think he has, you know, been behind Sam, Hart- Sam Hartman enough to to learn how it should be done. Um, and without question, he has uh, got good enough football IQ to get what you know Dave Clawson wants from him, and and what it's going to take to be uh, successful uh, in this offense. You know, Sam couldn't play the first game this year, and and Mitch Griffiths trots out there and. Wake didn't skip a beat. I mean, he just moved Wake up and down the field and and got Wake into all the right plays. You know, so much of what Wake does, you know, happens after the snap, you know, uh, and that's hard to do. That's a lot of pressure uh, on a quarterback, but that's the Wake system, and it certainly worked well. And and uh, I, I don't – I honestly don't think that, that you know, we'll see – drop off a whole lot there. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to put pressure on Mitch Griffiths, but I think it's just a system that Sam Hartman fit into, that Mitch fits into, and I think he'll thrive. I really do, and I just think it's a matter of getting him, you know, a, a game or two under his belt, uh, the understanding that, look, I'm the guy, um, and, and all that has to be earned, right? I mean, he'll, he'll be out to – I mean, he's, he's in that number one chair right now, but there's a long way to go with, with spring practice and fall camp, and you never know what's going to happen. He's got to stay healthy, and he's got to produce uh, when, when given the opportunity. I, I, 
without question expect him uh, to do that. But I'm excited to watch him play. I, you know, I, as as sad as we are to see Sam Hartman leave, uh, and as in a goofy kind of way, as fun as it will be to watch Sam somewhere else. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how he develops as a quarterback at at, at Notre Dame. But to have Mitch in there as the number one guy and to see him take that uh, baton and run with it will be a huge part of of the Wake story uh, come fall time. And it's it's going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, and I would be shocked if, if Mitch Griffiths didn't take it and just sprint. Well, we also have a Notre Dame-Wake Forest game to look forward to, which I know we're all excited for. But let, let's talk a little defense here, Stan. I, I think Wake was a lot better versus the run than the past last year. I think the biggest thing that stood out to me is last year you're plus nine in the turnover margin, number one in the ACC. This year you're minus three is about 10th. Some of that was the offense giving the ball away. I mean, we remember the Louisville game. We, we all know what happened there. But give us your overall evaluation of this defense this year. Well, uh, number one, you had a new guy calling the plays, you know, uh, Brad Lambert. And want to be as, as transparent as I can. Brad's a very close friend of mine. <laughs> and we were together a thousand years ago at, at Marshall when he was on Jim Donnan's staff in the, uh, in the early mid-90s and has gone on to be a head coach himself and, and a coordinator at different places. Now he's back at Wake and we're thrilled to have him. I think uh, if you ask Dave Clawson, you guys probably uh, have, I think overall Wake's defense was better. Uh, it, was, it was a group that, that took a few steps forward, but um, it, it certainly was not a, a perfect defense. And, and that's, uh, you know, that's the goal, right? To, to get Wake improving in all the different kinds of areas uh, and, and really be a unit that can work hand in glove with, with the offense and, and get Wake Forest to that uh, next level. But I thought Brad brought um, a lot of aggressiveness. You know, he's certainly not afraid to, to, to blitz. Uh, he would probably be the first to tell you that need to do better in, in defensing the pass downfield uh, and got to have more turnovers. I, I know that uh, when I talked to him right when he got back, it was like a, we, we have got to get better on third down and uh, we, we've got to continue to get turnovers. And, and I, I know that he was not uh, happy with, with uh, the amount of turnovers that, that, that Wake for. So I'm sure that'll be a point of emphasis uh, in, in the off season. Um, but, but again, I, I think, uh, Brad Lambert is a guy that players like to play for. He's a good human being, and he really, really cares about these young men and developing them, not only as football players. I mean, you hear a lot of coaches say that, but I know that that, that that's what mm-hmm. Brad Lambert and Dave Clawson are all about, and so they're on the same page in that regard. But I, I, I firmly expect, you know, Wake to get better year after year uh, on defense and, and recruit to, to the way Brad – you know, wants the defense to play. Um, but certainly uh, on the bullseye are, you know, defending that long pass better and uh, turning the ball over and giving it back to this offense that can uh, certainly score points. Yeah, and I mean, he, he's just such a, just a smart football coach too. I mean, just to see his play design and, and the multiple looks that he throws at, you know, again, not to reference the Louisville game too many times, but I called that game and to sit down with him and, and just hear how his mind works was really cool, you know, to, to see that and then the plan that was in place and, and the attack there. Let's stay on the coaching side and, and you know, talk about Coach Clawson here a little bit because I think he is the most, from a national perspective, unappreciated guy in America. I mean, he, he the things that he has done 
the schemes that he has, the talent that he has developed, acquired, all these different things. And when job openings come up, no one talks about them. No one puts his name anywhere, which, again, selfishly, we're happy about because we want to keep him right here in the ACC. But I think he's absolutely brilliant. And the more games I, I do for Wake, the more I get to sit down with them, you know, the more I get to see that. And I just I just don't understand it from the big, big picture there. So, you know, wh- why do you think that is? Why do you think there is? a? will just say disrespects. I think that's what it is. You know, for Coach Clawson, given all the things that he's accomplished at Wake Forest. It's a great question. I, I, I don't know that I have the answer and I'm thrilled like you are that, that that he is where he is and and nobody's been able to poach him away yet. I mean, uh, he's still a young man turned 55 this past year. and uh, So, but you know, I, I just think that uh, w- with regard to Dave at Wake, I, I'm not sure there's a more perfect coach. That's true. Wake so true. I mean, he played, he was a two sports star at Williams college. So, you know, he has that academic background. He was at Richmond prior to Wake. He, he was at Fordham. And so I think maybe he, more than than anybody else out there, gets it with regard to, okay, what kind of what kind of young man is it going to take to, number one, get in school at Wake, number two, stay in school at Wake, but number three, be able to compete at the highest level of the ACC. And, and he's figured all that out. Um, and again, I think his recruiting has gotten better and better uh, and, and better. And he's made it so that when he goes into anybody's uh, living room, that mom and dad are respectful of the job that he's done, the kind of institution that Wake Forest uh, is. And he has been able to turn what some would see at Wake as uh, maybe things that aren't good. Uh, you know, small school, uh, not a, a long winning tradition like maybe some others have, and he's he's turned some of those things that that some see as negatives into positive uh, positives, and and so that's why I think his his recruiting has gotten better and better and better. But I, you know, when when jobs like you know Notre Dame and Stanford and other jobs come up, I, I start to you know just uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Here they come, and who knows what happens behind the scenes? Sure, I, I, sure. But I know that Coach Clawson has been very committed uh, to Wake Forest, and Wake Forest committed to him. Uh, you you mentioned briefly uh, the the facilities upgrades over the last several years. Look, I, I when I first got here to where they are now, uh, man, I, you just can't I can't put into words how much better Wake. Yeah, Wake doesn't have to take a back seat to anybody now in, in this league or across the country with regard to the kinds of facilities that they have. So, um, yeah, perfect guy, perfect time. And I, I know that Wake's committed to doing whatever it has to, to to keep him around until he does retire, whenever that is. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And again, you talk about that perfect just marriage. I mean, the the mutual support from one another and commitment to one another. I mean, it, it truly is unique and you do not see that everywhere. And, and I think that's why it's worked so well. Uh, you know, I, I've heard Sam talk about this. I've heard Coach Clawson talk about this, but just the the buy-in from the administration and how important that has been for us to see this success. Like it, it's great to, you know, go and win and do these things. But once you get them on campus, if, if these student athletes don't see buy-in, don't see facilities, don't see at least plans for facilities, yeah, I, you know, it's just, they're not coming. Yeah. And they've been able to do that. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's the big question is, look, are, are you going to be committed to football or are you not? If you are, here are the things you're going to have to do. 
and, and Wake's checked off all the boxes. They, they've put, you know, their uh, resources all together. They've built the buildings. They've, they've secured Coach Clawson for, for, for a long time. And, you know, so credit uh, from the top down, uh, you know, from the board through the president's office all the way, all the way down. Wake's done that. Wake's committed uh, to football. And that's why I think Dave Clawson's still in Winston-Salem. Completely agree, and you're also seeing the fruits of that labor for sure. If you're Wake Forest, let's let's get you out of here, Stan. With this, okay? Let's talk expectations for 2023. I know it's only January 23rd. Uh, you are deep in basketball mode, as you should be. But give us kind of what you think the expectations are, what the fan base is expecting from Wake Forest next year or this year, as you said. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what they should expect is is more of the same, and I think Wake has proven over the last several years with regardless who the players are, that in the end, the Deeks are going to play for a postseason uh, uh, trophy, uh, either uh, a conference championship or, or a bowl trophy. And and I, I just think that anything less than expecting an eighth bowl game in a row is, is just not where this program is uh, right now. I think Wake fans have – complete faith in Dave Clawson and and the fact that, you know, even though Ryan Spenda's not going to be around, A.T. Perry's not going to be around, Sam Hartman's not going to be around, you know, you can name a, a lot more of of the players who have made all the headlines the last several years. They're not going to be around. But again, I think with the way that, that Dave Clawson has recruited, there are younger players who are going to step up and get their chance uh, and and continue to develop under Coach Clawson's leadership, uh, and, and a staff that's by and large, you know, remain pretty much intact. You know, you you're always pretty much going to lose a coach here, a coach there. All the programs uh, do as they move on and, and take other uh, better jobs or more responsibilities, head coaches, coordinators, things like that. Um, but I just I, I can't imagine that Wake will not be in another bowl game next year and and uh, have a chance to win eight, nine, ten uh, games. Uh, but they're going to have to do it with a, with a different quarterback, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and that, that's not the easiest thing to do. But I just think that's where Wake Forest is, you know. And, yeah. and if, if the Deeks don't uh, play in, in a bowl game, I'll be disappointed. Uh, but I think more than anybody else, Coach Clawson will be disappointed and the players will be disappointed. So I think that's just where Wake Forest is. And it's that's a good place uh, to be. I'm not sure how they're going to get there. And I'm not sure maybe Coach Clawson is yet either. But, uh, you know, w- when it comes August and September, I can promise you, because he's the smartest guy in the room, Dave Clawson will have it figured out and uh, the Deeks will be on their way. Yeah, that they're going to do it with explosive offense. That's just that's just who Wake Forest is, yeah. and I can't wait to see this new version with a new guy under center. Stan, this was so much fun, man. Thank you for your time. Thank you for the insight. Really appreciate you joining us on this Wake Forest episode. You bet. We really enjoyed talking with the legend Stan Cotton and talking about Wake Forest and the Deeks and. I think, you know, his thoughts on Dave Clawson and how it is such a good fit between Wake Forest and Dave Clawson were very telling. Obviously, he's been around the program forever. He knows the kind of coaches that fit at Wake Forest and can have success. He's seen it firsthand, and Dave Clawson is the perfect example. And, Mac, that's why I think, you know, maybe there is some disrespect why Clawson isn't talked about with some bigger jobs. 
But I also think people understand that what Clausen has going at Wake is such a good fit that mm-hmm. perhaps they, they think, you know, I don't even think Dave Clausen would really entertain coming here. Now, Notre Dame, of course, sure. that's a different discussion. But why would you leave Wake Forest? And this is going to sound weird 10 years ago, but in the current state, <laughs> why would you leave Wake Forest for Stanford? Right. Yeah. Like, why no, would it, you do that? It doesn't really make sense. It's a good point. Um, but I, I still, I just, and I've, I've asked him about this and, and, you know, you kind of see it's so unique what they're doing and the model and the development and the offense and things of this nature. Um, maybe not quite the offensive piece, but he said, I, I, I can't do this everywhere. If I do go somewhere else, I'm yeah. not going to do what I did here unless it calls for it. And, and so I think that that's a really, it was just a unique perspective to me because it, it wasn't like that's what he wants to do. It's just what he has to do. What, what does any coach want to do? I want to go get five stars that can play today. I, I don't want to have to wait four years to develop an A.T. Perry to where his fourth and fifth year, he's one of the best in the country. Like, I want that from Jump Street. And there's only very few, you know, schools and coaches that have that luxury and, and that ability. So I, I just from that piece alone, KG, I would just love to see what would a Clawson team look like that had four and five stars everywhere you look. You know, what, what would that yeah. offense look like? What are the things they could do with knowing how good of a coach he is, how smart he is, how schematically – you know, difficult he is to prepare for. I'd love to see all that. And and specifically looking at what they've done with wide receivers. I mean, the, yeah, these two stars, three star guys that they've turned into draft picks and turned into to the most touchdown scored in, in the country at one point, uh, you know, from that position that they're deep. And uh, I, I can't wait to see. I'm glad we got him. Glad we keep him because he's an amazing coach. But I'll say this until it happens. He, he is so undervalued from yeah. a national perspective of when these openings come up, his name not being mentioned. It's crazy to me. Well, that I agree with. And, I, you know, this is an episode that is for Wake fans. So we are not – Mac is not <laughs> advocating – that I'm trying to get their coach to <laughs> For someone else to hire Dave Clausen. But I do think just <laughs> getting more respect and, and more national yeah. recognition would be good. But I'm not sure Dave Clausen really cares. I think he just – No question. He wants to make Wake as great as he can, and, and then that's obviously what he's doing. I also thought Stan's thoughts on Sam Hartman were very interesting. That, yeah. And that's the vibe I get overall, that I think Wake fans understand how much he gave to the program. Mm-hmm. He was the consummate deke when he was there. It's a unique situation because he has a COVID year, which you know he is one of the last players that will truly have that COVID year. Mm-hmm. He wants to try something else. Notre Dame comes calling. It's tough to turn that down. And I was glad to hear, at least from Stan's perspective, that most deke fans are understanding of that. Right. I mean, especially, again, to, to say this for like the 50th time, but he, he was always leaving. He was always yeah, that's what he had said. playing yeah. another year. And and we, you know, all thought that that was going to be the NFL. I think he thought that, too. I, I think that this happened yeah. very late in the year, if not after, you know, they were done playing football for Wake Forest. I, I don't think that this was ever a plan. I don't think Sam ever thought that he was going to play college football again after this season, but opportunity strikes. And again, who knows what it looked like from an NIL perspective? Who knows if, if how much that had involvement, if there were other schools that had involvement with that, or if he just said, Hey, to, to, to play for a team that has so much tradition, so much mm-hmm. history is a college blue blood. Uh, it, it's hard to turn down when, when you've accomplished as much as he can. No question. The best Wake Forest player ever. No question. One of the, if not the best, you know, quarterback in the ACC ever, 
It's been a pleasure to cover them. It's been a pleasure to cover, you know, Wake Forest these last couple of years. I'm excited to see this new era, KG, and and we'll uh, we'll break all that down somewhat, probably about August, maybe late July. Stay Uh, tuned. That's right. Stay tuned. Stick around. We'll 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 keep you guys updated on our thoughts there. But I I don't think I don't think the Deeks are going anywhere. I I think they're going to be business as usual, scoring a bunch of points, moving the ball. But that's it, guys. Big shout out to Stan again. Appreciate his time joining us. Busy man. All these guys so busy right in the middle of basketball season. We're making their brains bounce back a couple of months. Mm -hmm. Talk about some football. Uh, Very much so appreciate their time and and the things they do for us. But uh, go over to YouTube right now. Please subscribe. If you're not watching us, mash this button right here. Really appreciate everyone's support. Also go over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. The OGs over there following us since day one. We appreciate you as well. But until next time, we'll see y'all.